This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Okay, do it now. Let's go. This is Tyson, and I am introducing the following conversation between Daniel Eisenman and I, where we talk about many interesting things. And, um, well, you could say that I had some things stirring on my heart and mind. I was maybe seeking counsel. And I reached out to Daniel, and I was like, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you about some ideas and topics that are important to me or interesting to me or challenging to me right now. And I want to record it and share it. And now you're about to hear the uh, the result of that, which was a very incredible experience for me to, you know, have a uh, a real, authentic, in the moment exploration of thought and feelings and ideas with Daniel. You know, rather than a simulated, scripted. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like simulation of a conversation, just a real authentic exploration. And that's what Daniel had. So Daniel and I had, we talked about things like the shadow. We talked about why it's essential, important, useful to express judgment. We talked about channeling warrior energy in a healthy and inspiring way. And all kinds of interesting, breaking normal ideas and um yeah daniel's perspective here was in many ways a great reminder for me very useful to me and um a real refreshing awesome conversation we had so i trust you will enjoy it you can find me on instagram at tyson flows send me a message let me know what you thought of this conversation what ideas were stirred in you what did you disagree with what would you like to hear daniel and i talk more about please let me know and um Maybe we'll do a follow-up part two. All right. Enjoy. Peace. Yeah. What's coming up for me is I'm just, again, being realizing and being reminded of your, it seems, ongoing interest and capacity and skill for connecting the dots of synchronicity. And I and so now one way that I interpret that is like making a, a map of the world to like maybe storytell about your experience and then also to to use that that data and that synchronicity to to remember a future and create a, a new story like how do you see this this superhero skill or the superpower of um of being aware of the synchronicities in your life like how do you, how do you relate to that what do you think about that well first of all let's let's just play this out in real life right now first of all i'm watching i'm in the in the valley a sacred valley. I'm currently in a sacred valley on a grass rooftop of my dream house. Many dream, I have many dream houses, and this is one of them. And I'm literally watching the last bit of sunlight touch, like kind of bathe and illuminate, and it's slowly fading the last tip of the certain mountain, which is directly facing east. And it's interesting to think about that the perspective of the trees, like if they, you look at the trees um, in that region, first of all, they're not, they only can really see to the west because right to the east of them is the top of a mountain and it's blocking their view to the east. So they don't even know what's going on in the east. 
and uh, but they are the last to see the sun and it's leaving the mountain right now and that gives them a unique perspective that no other tree can really understand especially a tree that's on the other side of the mountain that only sees the east and never sees the west so a metaphor that's a metaphor i live by because for just as those trees on the east side will never see what the trees on the west side do I think they're this, they're coming from the same source, and they're arguably yeah like you know their seeds they share the same source they share the same seed, it was it was planted in a different way which gives them a unique experience of their their life, and as human beings I think that's happening all the time like I've never been to Asia. Um, yet yet. I've been to so many places. I've, <laughs> I think I've traveled more than 99.9% of people that are living right now. Yet, I don't even know, I have no idea about Asia. And I, for me to think that I know everything would be confessing that I, or it really knowing anything would be confessing that I don't know nothing and that's not, I, I do feel like I know nothing. I feel like I know no thing. I feel like I am that. I feel like I am um, whatever I choose to be. And right now I'm choosing to have this experience and I'm drinking a beer right now called The Calling. I noticed that as you were talking about pointing out synchronicities. And I feel like what I'm doing is living my calling. So wherever I'm at, I'm choosing I'm I'm choosing to choose and right now I'm choosing to thrive. <laughs> and uh yeah, I think I I like to pay attention to what's around me, very close attention and to explore it out loud authentically. And therefore that brings a lot of people into my life since I guess uh Maybe not. Not only are we what we attract, like what, like we're attracting what we want, but maybe we are like attracting what we are in a way. It's a very like we're in a similar dimension. So I think I'm uh, attracting a lot of people in that dimension, and I'm getting to be around a lot of inspirational people, even through the Breaking Normal podcast, like continuously uh, inspirational thought leaders that are exploring out loud authentically. And since I think that's my environment, um, I, I'm. Definitely, I feel like I've noticed patterns that other people don't seem to even recognize. So I think my calling is to maybe be breaking normal and to talk about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. That's one of the things. One of the things. And I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what came up from your question. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that comes up from now that exploration of the question is, is there a a symbolic story or a pattern or a new awareness that has been um, most prevalent in your experience lately or one that you're, you're, you're thinking most deeply about or most intrigued by? Well, I would say, once again, if I can get real present with the, what's going on right now, I'm very intrigued by this interview that we're doing right now because in a way, it's as... By me following my calling, 
<laughs> an awesome dragonfly. I must just like it seemed like it launched from my head. <laughs> like there are so many dragonflies and hummingbirds flying around me right now. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but by me following my calling, it included I think being a freedom catalyst for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, whoever's listening to this interview, for people that know us, they probably know how deep our, our relationship runs. And now that the fact that you're interviewing me, actually, I would say, in a, such an obvious way, catalyzing me to become even more clear with my calling, that's like, that's what I'm interested in. It's like I'm reaping the fruits. It must be like the there's a season in our relationship where I get to reap the fruits of uh, my harvest. Because when I remember when I first when I, we first met you, you were a retreat attendee. And you came early to a retreat, and we had a crazy experience. But I was treating you like I treat anyone, and it just so happened that by us being authentic in each other's presence, there was this opportunity for me to really catalyze you in doing you. And now that you're doing you, it's helping me be me in a greater way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm interested in. I like like the metaphor of making fish, you know, fishers of men. And that this is like the garden of Eden. Is this heaven? Can we, are we planting seeds with every word we speak? Um, how fun it is to harvest the fruits in the due season and not be impatient about it. Mm. So this is just seems like another, I, I, I'm really excited about right now, reaping the fruits of our relationship again. Yeah, me too. Me too. This this is uh, this experience for me is really exciting and and feels um, it's it's really it's really awesome to have a relationship with you, Daniel. That that has consistently changed and evolved into a new and upgraded um, and more synergistic partnership, a more creative relationship, building important events and experiences and getting in cold waters or going on hikes, staying in amazing places. And now to be in different parts of the world, having a, a new type of conversation is, um, feels really awesome to me. And one thing you were, as you were speaking, I was reminded of that I've been thinking about is, and then also I think this, this, um, has significance in how I've been impacted by my relationship with you in an awesome way is I heard this idea recently, I think from Jordan Peterson, and he was saying that um, he was saying that the role of, and I don't know if he was saying the role of a masculine figure or of a father, one or the other, is often to lovingly express judgment. And when he said that, in a way that kind of surprised me, I was like really refreshed by it and I really resonated with it. And I remember thinking about my experience with my dad, and I remember thinking about you, and you're you're a father to a beautiful um, little girl, Davina, and I it had me thinking like I I, re I remember just being instantly curious about like how what would Daniel think about that like how do you relate to the um, the idea or the energy the expression of judgment and like sharing and expressing judgment. And the reason that I, th I think I thought of you is because there's been moments in my life where you honestly shared your judgments of me in a way that like very authentically, I, I very authentically integrated them and felt them and was empowered 
by my like interpretation of your judgment. And I think that's a big part of the experiences that you create is creating a space where people can share their honest experience. And sometimes that includes judgments. And so I'm thinking from, from you as a, as a retreat facilitator and then as a father, how do you, how do you think about judgment and the importance of it or the necessity of it or the, because I, or, or yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. What do you think about expressing judgment? Man. Yeah, I'm loving this interview. This is definitely a game changer. I'm not typically like into online interviews as of late yeah. as I used to be, but the way you're doing this with having our headset and your profound questions are really shifting my perspective. So thank you for this yeah. and this question and that idea. I love that idea that you shared that the like the ideal father figure is one that shares judgments lovingly. And I do think it has been in my bones in a way to be a father figure, an arch like, uh, kind of almost um, <clears throat> a surrogate father for my brothers and sister because I'm the oldest sibling. So Timothy was born three years after me. So now, yeah, I've been a father of sorts, an archetypal father for someone that I love deeply. Like Timothy's arguably also my best friend. And maybe someone I share, like if I got judgmental about it, do I share more love with Timothy than anyone else in a unique way? So I've got to be like a father or older brother type of archetype for him for a while. And um, I do think I, that, <laughs> I love that idea. I, th I so resonate with it. I And I, um, yeah, it makes so much sense because what I was thinking if we do the the archetypes, like let's use the king, warrior, lover, magician archetype idea. Like that's a very popular one, the four archetypes. I mean, four archetypes are very popular. There's There are four directions when you north, east, south, west. This is a uh, an archetype that runs deep <laughs> into the earth. And yeah, the idea of the symbolizing it with different archetypes that a man or a woman or a human can experience through this duration that we call human life there's a fun exploration of king warrior lover magician and there's a book actually right robert moore is his name i believe that wrote that one mm -hmm. and probably very influenced by carl jung's work and I, I i in a way it resonates with me a lot then let's talk about the king what is a king other than i, I imagine a king is someone that can loving like share judgments in a loving way, arguably better than most men around him. And that's like a judge. <laughs> this is a, I talk about this in Breaking Normal a lot, but judging is so convoluted with what I think the word would be a more accurate description is uh, condemning. Mm. So I think a lot of people, when they say they don't judge, they mean they don't condemn. Yeah. Uh, but judging, I think more the accurate definition of judging is probably to form an opinion, to form an opinion. And if we weren't, or if we're not willing to form opinions, if someone's not willing to form opinions, they won't survive. I, like first, to cross the street, someone has to form the opinion: is that is a car coming? Uh, to to eat something, if it's poisonous or good for you, you have to form an opinion. Is it good for me or poisonous? So forming opinions are extremely crucial. And it's so weird also that like the most high, like some of the most highest praised people in society are judges. 
and then yet like the mass public is like scared to be judgmental. So I'm very proud of my ability to judge, aka discern. And I do think that I and you and many men that can embody their king archetype are very they're becoming better and better and better and committed to being the best possible at sharing their judgments as like accurately as possible and as lovingly as possible. Otherwise, what in the heavens is communication for? Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 maybe heaven on earth is a place where everyone in my presence shares their judgments lovingly because I, I like, that's kind of my ideal culture, a group of pe- uh, people that are like journalists for their life and they're, and that's what the cool thing about social media is because all of a sudden this can happen that everyone, almost everyone with a few clicks of the buttons now can accurately share exactly what's going on for them if they have the courage to do it and if they haven't been brainwashed to not do it. And that's a really cool world because it means that me and you can go on different adventures and the same adventure and then accurately report what's happening for each other and then we gain so much wisdom. But if if you're like pulling punches or if you're hiding information from me because you're embarrassed or because you think it'll offend me, man, that's, that, that's, the, that's the emotional dark age right there. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to bounce to another topic here. You mentioned earlier um, that you think you've traveled more than 99% of people, or maybe you said 99.9, um, traveled a lot. So real quick, how would you describe your lifestyle in the context of where you live and how you travel? Yeah, so the, the question I understand that you're asking me is, how do I travel and where do I live? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, so if if anyone has ever lived in a place, one place for a long time, they probably recognize that there's art if they're going to be judgmental in a loving way that there might be a best time of the year to be there as a tourist or if someone if they really wanted to show off this land, like there's the best month of the year to do that. So, I've been traveling seasonally or monthly roughly for about 11 years or so except except when Davina gave, Deanna gave birth to Davina we did have a 14 month lease in what I think is one of the best places in the world to live and it's in North County San Diego this specific area um, so th- my aim on these travels are being nomadic for the last decade plus especially recently is like how can I be the best place in the world at the best time to be there? And there's, that's very subjective. That's very subjective because I might be crazy. Like it, uh, like seven years ago or five years ago, I might be the most interested in like the best surf town in the world. So what's the best surf town in the world and what's the best time of the year to be there for overall? Or maybe 10 years ago, I would have been more interested in, like, the best scene for the best women. So it's like, what, (laughs) you know, it it was personally contextual for me. And right now, 
in my personal context of my life, especially with the next tribe design coming up with Sedona and Deanna feeling very called. That's what she says. She's felt very called to Sedona. I believe I'm in the coolest house in Sedona. That's on well water and that has one of the most gnarly hikes right out the back door that's amazing. That is uh, within walking distance of the people that I know that have lived in Sedona for like like the locals, like the ultra spiritual locals. They basically, when it seems to when they have free time, they come here in this area. And that's where I'm at right now. And it's amazing. I'm in between three mountaintops that are like the reddest, greenest, cool, some of the reddest, greenest, coolest mountains you've ever seen with peacocks around me and a lot of peacocks and uh, lizards and snakes and deer and, uh, oh, dragonflies and hummingbirds. Nice. So I'm hanging out with a lot of those. And that's where I'm currently at. And I'll be here uh, at least till our event. We're going to take a trip to New Mexico for like a, sh a photo shoot of sorts. That sounds really cool at this place called White Sands Monument. Um, but I do think this could be the – like especially in this area. That I, might, I do feel like I'm experiencing some, some of the best environment in the world right now. And I think that took a lot of practice and intention. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy that it's paying off, just like our relationship's paying off. <laughs> yeah, we, man. Yeah, I know your situation. <laughs> I was like, I know if you could uh, – if you didn't have the situation with the United States of America, whatever that means that you do, I would love to have you here right now. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I've definitely been uh, thinking about what it would be like to be in Sedona right now. It looks – Amazing, magical. It's kind of like Waimea Canyon. Yeah. Remember in Kauai? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. like there's like a, a like a huge population of JP Sears fans. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and there's like amazing houses, and and this so happens to be arguably the coolest one. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah, that took a lot of it took a lot of miracles and faith and it tested me deeply and here I am. Yeah, I I also really like that you mentioned that it took a lot of practice to um cultivate this kind of lifestyle because I've been thinking about this nomadic lifestyle and um experiencing the earth as one's home and living in the best places in the world at the best time to be there as a like a strange experience for a homo sapien if i look at the historical traditional um like evolution of humans it really it's a very unique experience for a for a human to live like that from my understanding of of like the, the overall timeline of humanity and how humans have lived which um i definitely <laughs> only have uh, it's a, it's a limited, under, limited understanding, but I do imagine it to be like a strange experience for a human. And um, looking at it from like a the historical, what is normal perspective, and I'm wondering, what do you think is the has been the the influence of this type of lifestyle and travel on your on your consciousness and your your awareness, your 
your metaphor making and map making abilities? Oh yeah, great, great, great question, man. Thank you. Um, I think it goes back to the tree metaphor. That since I can see patterns that exist with entities that have no no similar, they have maybe opposite con the context. They don't have the same context at all, but there's the same pattern. I think I can see the pattern of the source pretty easily, and. Um, yeah, we oddly enough, that's got me really in touch with, um, or really curious and intrigued and compelled by uh, fresh water, fresh water for sure, and plants, and um, yeah, spirituality, and the stars, and the roots of spirituality. And with myself, I'd say, yeah, and figuring out, like, figuring out how to be grounded without staying in the same space. Mm. I, you know, it's, it seems, I, 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 I think I resonate a lot with um, people that are on tour, like rock stars, because and even before I was doing, like, the Rob and retreats, I was doing these mobile marketing tours they were really fun and you know you know about that i mean our job there sometimes our job was to flirt with women and get paid a lot to do it and tell them about like a shoe deal or some crazy promotion it usually it usually it meant me being in the streets with people um marketing to them in a very fun way so i yeah i've that yeah, I've, I've experienced a lot of different cultures and a lot of different places, but there are patterns that have become quite obvious, and I guess that's that's what it's influenced. It's influenced me to see patterns beyond time and space, mm -hmm. which I think makes me, uh, which allows me to recognize the source more easily. And not to say it's the like dream um, lifestyle for everybody. There has been a lot of people that have done this lifestyle with us, including yourself, in your own way, and a lot with us. And it really wasn't for. It didn't seem like they wanted to continue, as I did. And I trust that was just like where our callings may be um, diverging for some time. I do recommend travel, though. I mean, come on. Uh, how many famous quotes are there about like traveling? <laughs> Just go for it. Send it. <laughs> Press the button to book the flight and live the dream of your ancestors where you can sit back and watch a movie while someone – or go to sleep and have a beer while someone flies you from the west to the east. Come on. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, thinking about the dreams of our ancestors, I've been thinking about this idea that tribe design, so the experiences that we've been a part of creating and that you've been a steward of, these experiences of getting a group of people to travel to one of the best places to be in the world at that time, traveling from all across the world, from all their different tribes, all converging in one space to see how strong of a tribe they can become, meaning how 
connected, cohesive of a group they can become, how fully authentic, fully seen, and fully heard and synergistic they can be as a group, all for, for the most part, like meeting each other for the first time. And of course, some people attend multiple events and know other people and the community grows, but often it's people showing up and they might not know anybody and they're there to build a tribe. And I'm thinking about that as it's a, it's a form of reconnecting to an ancestral, a, an, an, an old or a, a past technology, a tribal technology that maybe has been um, a little bit lost in current culture and society for a lot of people. But it's also a very new technology in the sense that I've been understanding tribes in the past as kind of evolving to have this win-lose mentality. So often, like it's like a tribe, by, um, by defeating another tribe or being able to take over their land, then like we win, we have access to more food and resources and that tribe loses. Like there's been this, maybe this evolution in, in human culture, of this win-lose attitude. But now with globalization and internet and airplanes, we're all so interconnected that it's a stronger reality and realization than ever that we are a like one human tribe. And this is just me exploring out loud some ideas that I've been on my awareness. I'm curious to hear what you think. But so now... I, we're in a space where like a win-lose mentality where like if my tribe wins and your tribe loses, like that's good for me. That's not really working out anymore because now we have these like shared collective um, problems or challenges, if you will, like like environmental challenges or um, allegedly there are nuclear weapons on the planet. These things where it's like if we, ha- if we continue to view um, our, our life experience through this win-lose attitude, rather than a win-win. So thinking about creating solutions where if I win, so do my neighbors, so do people in another nation, so do people in another tribe, then that's really the, like, maybe the only way to continue thriving as a species. And this is just like ideas that I've been learning about and thinking about. And so what tribe design, to me, in a sense, is doing is it's bringing together people from all different tribes to come together and create a win-win scenario where just as I would think about my family or you might think about your family, like when you go out into the world, you're wanting to create a lifestyle where your wife wins, your daughter wins, your dog wins, your friends win, your neighbor wins, right? And we do that. And so I'm wondering, like, how do you see the role of tribe design and these events in upgrading a gl- like the global culture, the global tribe? Yeah, well, I think you said a lot about it, so thank you for that. That's all. I love your description of that. And I do, it, it reminded me that, yeah, people, you know, for this next event in Sedona, someone signed up for France. I just talked to someone back and forth on Instagram that was our last event from Maine. Here you are in Canada. Frank J., who's been a big part of this from the beginning. He's out, what, in England with a girl from Iceland that's now running retreats with other people that are running retreats that attended yeah. from Ireland. They're in Ireland and they attended our events and they're running retreats. It's like, man, I, I think it's that. It's like this passing of the torch or lighting of a torch or just like showing a way to light a new candle. And then that, and that candle, everyone has access access to. And I think it's realizing that we're like we are all leaders of tribes. Um, and that could be just the multiple 
versions of yourself. You're leading the multiple versions of yourself, whoever you are right now. But simultaneously, people are watching, and, and, and things that are, if we're going to use ultra-spiritual language, they're vibrating at a higher frequency or influential. So when some, when, if someone's listening to this and they're choosing to do good, whether it's just like you're going out and to do, climb a tree or get, like get on the, get, instead of just um, being at a river, you're getting in the river. Like th th these are things that I think people probably look at me and, I, and th although it might seem small to me, like, I, yeah, I want to get in the water and, and it's not necessarily a show off and it's definitely not, I do understand that some people are shocked that I'm getting in this water because a lot of other people are not. But that move right there, that spills over to other people that are willing to lead themselves. So next time they might go to that river, they might um, get in. And next time they have a conversation with their significant other, they might get in it rather than avoiding it. And then next time they have even a bigger opportunity, they might really get in it instead of trying to avoid it. So yeah, I think that we're yeah we're riding a fun wave as humans right now, and it is extremely, seemingly extremely polarizing in a lot of ways. And this whole like if they win, I win is competition is competition cooperation. I don't know that. Um, I think so. I I don't know if it has to be, but I I love the idea of competition in the in the sense that me and you could compete in something, and I want to beat you in it. But whoever wins, we both win. Like, we don't have to kill each other or build a weapon. <laughs> like, have a weapon in our back pocket that can't kill each other in case, in case I lose. Um, that Yeah, there is definitely a shadow side of things <laughs> that has been prevalent for a while, and I trust it's dissipating. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's mysterious. Maybe that's... Yeah, it's mysterious. Maybe the maybe the ability to choose the dark side or the light side is is the gift. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I'm I'm also I'm becoming aware of like as there are these what some people call culture wars playing out where there's the political left and the political right and there's these um, the media is portraying kind of these subjects in culture where there's these 50-50 splits of 50% people, 50 of people think this and 50% think this. And that's kind of happening culturally. And then I see people that are maybe in the fringe ultra-spiritual communities are kind of observing this from a different perspective. I think one thing that's they're, they're engaging in is what they're calling shadow work. And I've always kind of like when I hear about shadow work, I've had this turn off like oh I don't want to go hunting for shadows and darkness and and then lately I've noticed myself like have this um like this sense that I want to feel more brave and bold and capable maybe and like dangerous in the face of the things that scare me and I was like thinking about that. I'm like, okay, I imagine this is a natural evolution and progression into manhood and I'm wanting to feel like a capable man in the world and kind of rather than um, like, sh like saying that like, oh, there's no monsters, they don't exist, there's nothing to be scared of, kind of saying like, oh, there are things in the world that I can, might be afraid of, but I'm brave enough to, to face them or to go into the belly of the beast, if you will. And so I've been kind of just like 
in my own space, like kind of thinking about these ideas and just wondering like, how do I best engage this? But what do you think about like this rise in the ultra spiritual or not even ultra spiritual, but even in men's work and different communities about the use of, um, or like the, yeah, going into shadow work. What do you, how do you interpret that? Great question again. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the warrior archetype in a way. And if it's done in a way that's loving, if it's done in a loving way, even if it's dangerous or even if it's physical, ri- physically risky, whatever, it, it might be a good idea. I think there is dormant. Maybe you're feeling the DNA that might have felt dormant that's ready to be activated that can only be activated by um, extreme adversity. Mm. Who knows? And the like the cool thing about that is I would recommend what I think about that is I would recommend doing something very like start exploring your physical warrior in a safe way, whether it's going on like starting to hike like doing a commitment to doing hot yoga and hiking every day for a month, you know that's something I could do right here right now, um or if it means going to a CrossFit class, whatever it is, like, or going to learn jiu-jitsu or learning to box, but being physically exhausted. I mean, you know me, Tyson, pretty well. I, like, out of all the people I've ever met, I've been pretty inspired, or maybe, like, arguably more, very inspired by Laird Hamilton more than a lot of other people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think it's partly because he recognizes, and he he explored this idea to me that, he doesn't believe in sleeping problems. He believes in people that don't play hard enough. And I do think that's one of those truths, like going back to the source of like clean water and plants and lovingly sharing our judgments. Another one seems to be physical exertion, extreme physical exertion. And maybe that's the like that 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 might be the what I would say could be one arguably arguably one of the most conscious ways to activate that warrior archetype within ourselves rather than n- avoiding anything physical <laughs> and maybe calling in uh, unconsciously calling in a challenge mm-hmm. so that that's what comes up for me, and that's why I think so many inspirational people that me and you both know and that the world knows have tested their physical limits. Mm. Laird Hamilton's one. One. And David Goggins is ultra popular right now. Listen to his message. I mean, there's just, it's, 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 and even if the people there are known for a different message, philosophy or emotional coaching or financial coaching, it can be, I want to remind people that sometimes, like, if you want to see how you do anything, like, one thing or everything, look how you do it one thing. Look how you do it, look how you do one thing, and it's probably indicative of how you do everything. How do you do your taxes? How do you treat your girlfriend? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat yourself? How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you play? Um, and I'm, I do think that, that, yeah, activating that physical warrior archetype is a good idea. And that's so contextual because someone that's 90 years old, that might just mean taking an hour walk every day. 
But someone that's uh, 20 and that's in good shape and that they're scared that they might get cut from the baseball team if they try, I'd recommend cutting that shit out and going all in on what you can do now while you can do it. Because it might spill over to the rest of your life too, forever. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm thinking about how this relates to the ideas of initiation and rites of passage for men, and I think there is obviously coming online this this yearning or this craving from men for an experience that is a rites of passage or initiation. Um, and I think that's very much connected to like the things that we see that some people might call culture wars where people are expressing their aggression towards like ideologies or politics or things like this. And, um, and I'm just, I'm noticing that and be bringing awareness to, to my, to my, like my interest and my care, my passion for more of those opportunities for, for young men to come online as I've, I've just noticed that in, in myself when I, that, that feeling of like, oh yeah, now is my time. Now I get to learn about how to express that, that warrior energy and that aggression in a healthy way. And it's actually an awesome opportunity that I get to kind of engage in that and go for that myself. Whereas in the past, I kind of felt like, oh, like no one taught me how to do this. Right, like no one, no one gave me a rites of passage. No one, but like I'm now, I'm just becoming more and more aware. Like the world, to to someone that's em, embracing their hero's journey, I think the world will find ways to to create those healthy rites of passage and initiations. So thank you for reminding us of that. Oh, let me get my headphone back here. Repeat. Let's talk about it because there's several things that came up as you were expressing that. I was thinking of inspirational figures and how much of them are so physical, like from Sean White to Tony Hawk to Kelly Slater to Muhammad Ali to any sport figure to LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. Um, and then I was even thinking of some personal people in our lives or more personal people, Tyson, like Ido Portal, Elliot Hulse, Mark Sisson. Like these guys are all so fully activated in their war. They have, they have ex experienced full activation in their warrior archetype. And that's spilled over to so many different things. And I love what you're saying about the idea of how the world gives us initiations and like to, yeah, there is an issue. Maybe current culture is freaking missing a, a an initiation, especially for young men in a super conscious way that's very ubiquitous. However, that's not true because as you mentioned, Tyson, I, when you were saying the world giving us these opportunities, I literally, I'm looking around me and I see three different mountaintops that each one offers a different initiation and I've done one of them. Like I've climbed one of them and I'm realizing like I could climb the other two as well. And then I can get maybe in more parts of the creek and all every tree here is an opportunity for an initiation. Every rock here is an opportunity for an initiation. Every person I meet here is an opportunity for an initiation. So thank you for mentioning that as well of how we're all, we, we all are like in a way ready for initiation or the world or the creator is waiting for us to be initiated to our next 
stage of evolution whenever we want. Yeah, and I just, I really am appreciating that recontextualization of rather than seeing the, oh, we're missing the rites of passage in our culture and just seeing that purely as this problem to feel like I'm missing out on something, but then to realize, oh, there lies my opportunity for a rite of passage. Um, so that's a cool perspective. And I've been consi like considering the idea that we have, as, as a person, I have inherited cities like I've inherited the city of Vancouver and San Diego and New York and I've inherited these governmental systems and bridges and roads and as well as mountains and rivers and lakes and fields and valleys and um and and ideas symbols money like I've inherited as a human that's coming to the earth all these things and I am recognizing more in myself like the perspective of re like recognizing that as an inheritance, like, oh, like look what I've inherited here that is mine to engage in and then to improve and create with and, and, and be a co-creator of as far as, because I think what's happened for me in the past and I think a lot of people is we see the world as like there's private land, like someone owns that. Or there's like, I, you know, there's the roads. I drive from my house, I use the road and I go to the, to the building where I work in. And then if I want to go into nature, I might go to a campground that's owned by the government. And there's this, I think, um, and then that's all connected to the idea about like politics and government and people are feeling kind of disengaged from it. Like not really super participatory in the way that we kind of build societies um, because it doesn't like it, for some people it might they might not have like that kind of they might not be in touch with that feeling like that this is mine this is all mine not in the sense that I own this but it's all available to me like this is a world for me to engage in and create with and so I think that just spending time with you Daniel has helped create that feeling in me of like the world is my playground the world is my yard I want to appreciate it and explore it all and also take good care of it and so I think what I'm wanting to do right now is just explore out loud like ideas for reminding ourselves and the people around us that this is like uh, an inheritance, like an amazing inheritance. Well, if someone is listening to this and they really think someone owns land, I would like them to prove that to themselves because it's, it's not going to work. How can someone else own land when you remove culture and you yeah when you remove culture and that's the thing culture is such a real thing in so many people's lives i like to bend culture i think culture is supposed to be evolved it's supposed to be in movement it's supposed to be like water you know you try to keep culture the same it's like water money manure ideas if you try to trap these in one places they don't do so well they actually become like toxic or dangerous when you spread them out strategically and you change them they're changing they're changing they're changing their movement and culture is supposed to be in movement and what's coming up for me is like um <laughs> where i'm actually at i where i live i where i'm living currently i once i stumbled uh, across this place by trespassing. 
arguably, 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 someone had many, I don't know who had, but there were many keep out, no trespassing, this and that, and all the things, don't do this, don't do that, signs, that I had to basically walk right by to even learn about where I'm at currently four years ago. So, and and I'll give a disclaimer. I was on the big island of Hawaii <laughs> doing an immersion experience with uh, actually Matt from the Yoga Couple podcast. Great experience. And I did the similar thing, you know, having faith, trusting all's good. Like I'm just, I'm looking for a spring. I'm not, even though there's these signs here, my intentions are pure. Like I've done that, I I keep a similar attitude when lately I've been picking up dragonflies around here, and I keep a similar attitude. Like, hey, I know this is weird. Like, maybe I'm not supposed to do this, but I want you to land in my hand. Come in peace, and I think that will really bias my experience of trying to pick up a dragonfly, and or trespass. <laughs> if I'm like quote unquote trespassing to find a spring. <laughs> But one time in the Big Island in Hawaii, we did that. All of a sudden, someone's screaming from their porch, and they're shooting guns. So I'm not necessarily recommending like what I do to other people. I'm more reporting what I do. And I've, yeah, I would hate, I would hate for someone not to realize the beauty of this earth because someone else's idea that's as valuable as your own idea or maybe less because it's not your own idea, uh, put up a sign or something. And yeah, the, and at the same time, some of those signs are super valuable. So like you got, there's, that's where that level of being able to judge in an extremely loving way is so vital to seeing the kingdom that is here for us. And yeah, I've judged certain rules to be like, uh, that's just for people that, blindly follow rules and I'm actually supposed to break this so I can see the glory of thinking for myself and then there's been certain rules I'm like man that's a good freaking rule anyone that breaks that rule might get in a lot of they might get themselves in a situation so yeah I think it goes back to those loving judgments when I look into the world and I hear people's ideas about the future it seems like many people are that I'm connected with are preparing for like a, a, a collapse of civilization or an apocalyptic scenario. And then others are preparing for a new earth or heaven on earth. And I'm like, hmm, that's very, that's very interesting. And there's this big movement of preppers. So people that are like building bunkers and filling them with guns and materials to prepare for an apocalyptic scenario. And then there's other people that are building these communities and developing gifting economies and regenerative businesses and um, sustainable land. And I'm just I'm being very affirmed in the, the, like, first of all, choosing, like, what am I prepping for? Would I like to prep for an apocalyptic scenario where someone else will always have more guns than I do? And that would be, you know, kind of that win-lose attitude. Or the win-win attitude where well why let's if there is going if there is something on the horizon that is a maybe a more radical shift in how societies function or a collapse of civilization whatever that means or looks like 
then I think, I mean, for me, I'm very much choosing to prepare for heaven on earth, a new earth, uh, an even more wonderful world that I'm engaging in creating now and having conversations like this and by building communities. And so rather than building bunkers and collecting guns, what I want to help promote as a um, as a idea for people that are looking into the future and, and, and planning into the future to really to because they want to thrive and they want their families to thrive is to build communities, to build connected, cohesive, skillful, purpose-driven communities. And so um, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the role in tribe of tribe design and these and this, this experience in, creating a a new type of like example or context of how a community can thrive and be built and i think part of the reason i'm wanting to have this conversation with you daniel is because i do want to continue to put myself in the way of more and more people that are thinking about how can we build the strongest most effective most connected and powerful and skillful and capable and fun and amazing communities. I've seen you as someone that is a very deep thinker, but then other people that I've known to be deep thinkers seem to have a bit of a pessimistic, kind of um, cynical, demoralized energy to their ideas rather than a expansive, positive, like excitable, like, um, yeah, expansive creative energy. I'm like, why is that the case with so many people that think deeply about things that they kind of develop this maybe stifling rationality? So to tie that all together, I'm wondering, like, how do you think about things like these maybe ideas that are heavy in culture, like the collapse of civilization or um, economic collapse or people preparing for apocalyptic scenarios? Cool. I... So it's probably somewhere there that if like Jesus and Eckhart Tolle were having a conversation, like why worry about tomorrow when today is now? And that's, I think there's synonymous with the stories. Like there's that famous movie with Jack Nicholson and uh, the bucket list. And uh, what's the guy that narrated Shawshank Redemption? Man, he's so good. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Anyways, as I think it's like the, if you look at imdb.com, Shawshank Redemption might be like the second highest rated movie of all time, or it used to be. I don't know if it still is. Um. <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's like if someone that's listening to this was, if you knew, if someone knew their death. They knew their time they were going to die, but they still don't know what's going to happen after they are going to die. What are you going to do in the meantime? And exploring that, exploring what happens after you die, that's a good option, um, I guess. That's, that seems like a good option. What um, One of the most obvious options seems to be at least appreciate and celebrate and be grateful for what we have right now, why we have it. I mean, and that goes down to food and water and breath and a heartbeat. And man, that might be extremely hard for a lot of people considering their circumstances. And man, 
a lot of people would say that someone else's hard circumstances seem easy. And I don't know if that other person that's judging their circumstances to be easy would feel the same way. But both parties have an option, and that's to still choose to realize that the sun is going to rise tomorrow or that it's the earth is rotating right now that everything is changing right now and nothing happens twice and the time is always now and yeah it just seems like that like that seems like the ultimate practice to celebrate now regardless of what you're judging it to look like And and for the people that's like for the people that are like yeah that's easy maybe that means you even have a bigger duty right now like how can you make the most of this feeling of joy and abundance and energy that you have right now. Um, I I don't think it's like I remember one the one of the things I learned from like elementary school I think it was from like my PE coach or for my health class and he was a PE teacher and so or middle school I don't even know what grade it was but something that stuck with me and he he reminded me that cars and humans are very different in the sense if you have like a very um like a very special car you don't want to drive it to the ground because the more you drive it hard the more it's going to wear out Whereas a human, the more you drive it that hard, the more amazing it's going to become. And I think if you got the fuel right now, even if you're mad or even if you're sad or even if you're confused or pissed off, man, use that for something good. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah. Remember when you recommended that song for me from Paul McCartney? Yeah. That's such a good song. <laughs> That's like my that's like a mantra. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, in the face of all kinds of crazy ideas about the future, just do it now. Yeah, the future is changing. The future is changing right now, no matter what you do. So um do it now and become the change. What's up, Gandhi? This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.